Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Keeping It Center podcast. I'm your host, Jaquetta Gilbert. This is a space for women who want help keeping God at the center of their marriage, their role as a mom, and while using their gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. This is for real women with real issues serving a real God who holds us in the palm of his hand. So if you're ready to take off the facade, woman up to your imperfections, and invite our Father in every part of your beautiful mess, girlfriend, you're in the right place. Well, welcome everyone to another week of the Keeping It Centered podcast. I am super pumped because today we have an awesome guest. Um, I've been definitely looking for someone with a similar story as hers, and I'm just so grateful that God brought her to me. (laughs) So uh, without any further ado, I would love to introduce today to all of you, Mrs. Heather Palacios. How you doing? I'm going to be the sound effect for the audience. (laughs) well we are so excited to have you here miss heather so so excited um and as i was saying i'm I'm glad our paths crossed yeah yeah sure and um i just came across you i don't know if everybody else knows you so i would just love for you to tell us who you are and what you do and then also tell us something fun about yourself. Okay. Oh gosh, the fun part. Oh, we gotta. I gotta get through this other <laughs> stuff. Then I get through this one. Um. All right. My name is Heather Michelle Funk Palacios. <laughs> so we know right off the bat that something weird's about to happen because that name alone is. I mean, it was a curse and a blessing. Funk. When you're a pasty white mm-hmm. girl in Chicago suburbs was like a no-go. But <laughs> as as I got older, it became cooler, so I don't know. But then I got married and got, you know, exchanged funk for Palacios. But, I mean, I'm not Cuban, so that does mm-hmm. – I feel like I'm speaking in tongues every time I say my last name. Because <laughs> it's like it just doesn't roll off the tongue. But – um, I am the founder of Wonderful, a non profit organization that earnestly, aggressively, and empathetically helps one more person not commit suicide. And I do that through speaking, blogging, podcasting, social media, and in a tangible way through the free distribution of curated life boxes to anybody going through a mental affliction, an addiction, or a loved one that just recently lost someone to suicide. So that's the short end of it. But let's Mm -hmm. get to the fun question. Let's get to the fun (laughs) question. Um, All right. Fun factoid is I was born in my parents' Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Okay, you got to tell us the story. (laughs) Well, it's safe to say I was made and delivered in the same spot, but that's a little too much for me when I think about it. So, uh, but my parents were hippies and they, they believed in free range birth, I guess. So Mm -hmm. um, they, they with uh, their Christian Jesus hippie friends were all doing natural births at home. And unfortunately for my mom, I not only was her first child, I was also almost 10 pounds. So, oh, wow. Suffice wow. it to say, she didn't have any more of my siblings at home. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's, the fun, that's the fun. That's the fun and funk. Okay. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Well, I love that. That I, you know, of all the guests that I have had on here, I have not had anyone have that story. So that is definitely, definitely cool. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So you told us that you do a lot of amazing work um, with people who uh, are struggling with suicide or, or maybe people who um, have lost someone to suicide. And that, you know, and I don't even know if you know this, but by day I'm a school counselor. And so okay. um, that topic of suicide definitely comes up um, from time to time throughout the school year. It has for me uh, – this school year, indeed, um, especially with the, you know, COVID and everything going on and, and you know, some people not going out as much. Um, and so it's definitely a heavy calling uh, for sure. So I, I just want to commend you for stepping into this. Um, Thank you. And I would, oh, yeah, for sure. And I know that from things that I, I saw about you and, and heard about you in, in different uh, platforms, I know this is something that you had dealt with yourself. And so I would love to know when did you notice like some changes uh, in yourself? Because I saw that you said you had been diagnosed with some things and how Mm -hmm. did you come to find out about it and what prompted you, I guess, to seek help? Great question. I started very young and my battles with suicide preceded the awareness movement, the conference movement, the talk show movement, the hashtag movement. So it started for me when I was eight years old, which would have put us back to 1981 when I wrote a letter to my grandma and grandpa saying I wanted to die. Um, Now, that has been collaborated with not only my family, but also my journals. I've actually kept my journals since I was eight years old. Oh, Um, So, or not collaborated, corroborated. I think that's what it is. There you go. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. thank you. Okay. But um, that kind of (laughs) began, that kind of, you know, and I have a very um, visual, vivid memory that I've allowed God to take control of because I need those memories so that I can draw from them to minister to people because I'm now 47, but that's been a battle since I was eight. I'm just still here living to talk about it. So, mm-hmm. but for me to talk about it as an eight year old, I need to remember it. And for me to talk about it as a 14 year old in my twenties, in my thirties, as as a pastor's wife, as a mom, the markers along my lifeline where I have attempted suicide or had very strong temptations, um, I stay super, super close to my Lord. I mean, he is everything to me, but I do allow him to allow me to remember what he wants me to remember so that I can draw from that and and help people. Mm. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And and I had no idea you were that young. My gosh, that is wow. That's I'm glad you're here. You know, that that's really really um not something that I and I deal with the the older kids. You know, I'm I'm in the high school level. Um mm-hmm. but I certainly have colleagues, you know, at other schools that have said, you know, this is definitely something elementary students deal with as well and it just breaks your heart. Um mm-hmm. but I'm glad you were able to get that help, you know, that you needed. Um yeah, I mean, for some reason, God has not, I mean, he's just, he's just pulled me out of the attempt and the temptation. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I say that so carefully and sensitively because that is not the case for other people. Um, right. But, you know, that being said, I do understand I'm in a unique position to be a Christ follower who is also a pastor's wife, who is also a mom uh, that has lived the last five minutes of not wanting to live. I know what, I know what, for example, Robin Williams, the famous (laughs) celebrity, I know Mm -hmm. what his last five minutes was like. And Mm -hmm. so I, I take it seriously and, and I try to be a good steward with, the affliction that I have and the life I've been given. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because this is definitely something that um, 
you know, it, it affects all kinds of people. You know, it doesn't matter your age, and it, it doesn't matter how many people know you, you know. Um, it's, mm-hmm. It can happen to anybody. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I guess I kind of wonder what was the, the moment for you when you decided um, to be more public about your story and, and to uh, help others with it? What made you decide to go that route? Because, there, you know, there are a lot of people that deal with it, and then some mm-hmm. people like to, you know, not really talk about it, and they kind of want to brush it under the rug. So I guess right. kind of what made you want to share it and, and use that to help other people? Yeah, great question. I would preface this by saying I don't want this calling or mission. I, I would rather have a sound mind than mm-hmm. have a ministry that deals with uh, people losing their life. Um, yeah. And I've prayed you know, for as far back as I can remember, for God to give me a sound mind. But I also know that Paul prayed several times for his affliction to be removed, and God mm-hmm. heard his prayers but did not answer them. And so um, I try to be a good steward with it, but I still hold on to the hope that God will, will restore my mind from the, the temptation of death. Um, but where it became a public ministry was July – 30th, 2000, was the last time that I publicly attempted suicide, and because it was in a public place, um, and I was a pastor's wife, and I was very combative with the first responders who were trying to get me to stop, um, I was forced to be locked up in a psychiatric ward, and... I should have been. I was a threat to myself, and I was a threat to society. So I, I still to this day applaud the first responders that, you know, made that happen. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a night of reckoning for me. You know, when you are in a psychiatric ward, and in my case, they put me in a, well, it's a room, but it felt more like a cell. By myself, I was not able to have anything in the room lest I use it to harm myself so it was a bed and uh and that's it I mean there wasn't a window there wasn't a mural on the wall there wasn't a tv there wasn't a coloring book I mean nothing and they locked me in and I you know I still had blood on me and throw up from what had happened earlier that day but I and I was a pastor's wife so it just pardon my French, but I mean, it sucked all the way around. It was just mm-hmm. no bueno. Uh, I was so mad at God because I really, really wanted to die. I I did not want to be a pastor's wife that was crazy. I, I just didn't want to, I didn't, I couldn't handle it. So I wanted to take myself out and God didn't let me. And I was really mad at him. But I just wrestled with God that whole night, kind of the way Jacob did, I suppose, except I mm-hmm. I didn't walk away with a broken hip, but <laughs> I just finally, you know, I just cried and I cussed and I, ugh, all night, you know, I was in pain mm-hmm. physically. I was in pain emotionally, spiritually. I felt like he just, just left me. Cause I'm like, it, you know, I'm a pastor's wife and you're letting me have suicidal thoughts. What kind of God is that? And mm-hmm. all that to say, I think where I ended up that night or actually early that morning was all right, fine, God, you know, I, I essentially had, made a deal with them, I think, um, and said, look, if you could just get me out of here, because it was deplorable where I was. It it was not a dignified (laughs) psychiatric ward. God, if you could get me out of here, I'll just dedicate the rest of my life to helping people not end up here. And it's, it's, it's a hard deal to make with God, but I'm, I'm really proud to say that I've owned up to my end of the deal and have dedicated the last 21 years uh, to helping people not end up there. So, Yeah, that's awesome. That's so beautiful, so beautiful. And, and I, just, I commend you um, for doing this, for sharing it. Um, you know, because like you said, it, it's, 
it's hard to be in those moments where you just feel like, God, you're not giving me what I want. <laughs> How can you do this to me, God? You know exactly what I want, and you're not giving it to me. And, and you know, his, his right. thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are higher right. than ours. And, right. you know, he's, he's so faithful. And, um, yeah. you know, he, he used what was a dark moment for, for beauty. You know, he gives us beauty for ashes, you know. And, and uh, right. I'm, just, I'm right. grateful you're here to share it. So grateful. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I am too. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. Mhm. And and you brought up some things that I actually have been thinking about um when I was kind of mulling over some things to talk about um and uh just how Paul had been praying and saying, you know, God, if you could just take this away. And we never knew what that thing was, you know, he, he didn't tell us explicitly, but you know, God didn't take it away. But mm-hmm. I guess kind of what I've taken from that is even if God doesn't take it away, he hasn't taken his presence away from us. And right. Um, right. I, I try to hold on to things like that, you know, when things get yeah. really tough. So I, right. I'm glad you right. brought that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, one thing I put out there, like, in the Twitter world, just because it's 160 characters or less, is um, <laughs> um, at times God has been um, silent, but he has never been absent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I gotta write that down. I I, I take notes. <laughs> oh, oh, good for you. I'm impressed. That's very scholastic. <laughs> oh, you know, if if I had the money and the time, I would probably go back and get my doctorate at something I oh, wanted wow. as a kid. But um, oh, wow. no, no, I the pay won't make sense. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I applaud, I still, that's impressive. I mean, like, hashtag things I've never said, so. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Well, there was something else that I saw um, when I checked out your site, and it hit me because it it was the very first thing that I saw on your site. And you you have Psalm 139.14 there, and, and you phrased it as, you talking to God and was like, thank you for making me wonderfully complex. And you don't know this, but I was teary-eyed when I saw that um, mm. because I just, uh, I'm trying not to cry now, um, oh. because, um, you know, for so many years I, um, I would pray and ask God, why did you make me so complex? You know, I mm. feel like I'm just a, a huge um, – I don't know, just just a conglomerate conglomeration of different things. Like you know, I'm I'm a little bit of this, I'm a little bit of that. Like I'm I'm never one thing. Like there's just so much that I don't even understand, and it frustrates me. And I know I frustrate other people. And like just so many things. Like just being mm. complex just seems so negative to me for most mm-hmm. of my life, um, and it's mm-hmm. something I still struggle with at times. Um, and so to see you combine that word wonderfully and complex, it just it just did something mm. for me. Um, oh, wow. And, I've <laughs> never heard someone say that before. That is so cool. Wow. You know, because usually when you hear complex, it's not really like a good kind of thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, yeah, I – I was like, all right, I got to find a, I need a word because the word is going to be the hashtag. It's got to be social media mm-hmm. handles. It'll be a website. And it's got to be a weird word because I don't want it to be one that's already out there. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want my word to end up leading to like some pornographic site or something. So I really had to right. try to, you know, in any Google, so any, any way people would get to it, make sure that it would be direct. And, right. um, you know, I, I love Psalm 39. I love it where, you know, the psalmist is like, you know, you have made me fearfully and wonderfully. And thank you. He says, thank you for making me, mm-hmm. you know, so fearful and wonderfully complex. And I'm like, I have been either uh, um, criticized or ostracized for being weird, odd, unique, different, strange, complex. Or I've said that to myself. And here you've got the psalmist thanking God for it. And I was like, mm-hmm. boom. 
that's the word, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll just stick a little H in there because I'm a girl, so it's wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you mm-hmm. go. There you go. Love it. I love it. I love it. I just, I wanted you to know that it really spoke to me <laughs> when, wow. when I landed on your site. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so glad you shared that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, at, apart from me being a school counselor, um, you know, we do deal with, with mental illness stuff too. Um, of course, we, we can't do as in-depth as, you know, just a, a regular uh, mental health professional that's not in the school setting. Um, but we yeah. certainly do see our fair share of it. Um, and even families, I've noticed this year, you know, some families who have told me that they are Christians and just how it, it's been such a struggle and, and they just were caught off guard. And um, I think it may be kind of because of some different myths that we as Christians have about mental illness. And um, I would love for you to kind of share maybe some myths that you have heard from other Christians uh-huh. and, and what uh-huh. you think about it. Well, <laughs> all right, so I've had to um, lay that down at the cross and walk away from it because <laughs> my, biggest, <laughs> my biggest criticisms have come from Christians, and, and they mm-hmm. can be Okay, not they. We can be nasty, all right? We can mm-hmm. be nasty. Um, but the one that probably was the most egregious, and I don't blame this person. I, you know, I kind of would just probably chalk it up to ignorance or just being naive or miseducated, but was um, a, a meet and greet after I had spoke, and this person was very educated, um, doctor, doctorate degree, and also a Christ follower, stood in the line to chat and, you know, just basically wanted to let me know that it's a matter of my faith and I just don't have enough. And this would not be mm-hmm. my battle if I had more faith. And I was just like, mm-hmm. all right, let me pull this knife out of my back mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. punch you in the throat. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. I didn't have those thoughts. <laughs> um, but that was the first of a few times where that's been the biggest myth that, that has come my way. And I have just had to give that to God. So I'm like, help me be gracious about it. Cause I don't want, I don't have enough room in my mind to entertain bitterness or animosity towards misinformed people. I just don't want that in my head I, on some mm-hmm. days. I'm just trying to survive. It, the temptation right. be so fierce, so palpable. So I'm like, God, help me to reconcile this in my heart and then, you know, regurgitate it to people in a way that honors you. And um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a question of my faith any more than the paralytic, the bleeding woman had a question of their faith. They had a physical, physiological condition. They gave it to the Lord and he helped them. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe based on what I have learned in the scriptures and have received in my own personal journey with my savior, that my physiological misfiring of chemicals in certain parts of my brain is any different than any other part of the anatomy. So um, just because my mind is compromised doesn't mean my heart is. And I got just as much of Jesus Christ at the point of my salvation as anybody else did. I didn't get left. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's not, an indictment on my faith. If anything, I would think people like us have ginormous faith because we're still here. Yeah. Yeah. And still fighting. So that is by far the biggest myth that's out there. And I just try to um, respond to it graciously. Yeah. Yeah. And and that takes, uh, uh, (laughs) that takes a lot of control because I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to keep it real that the way my flesh is set up sometimes, you know, if, if I were to be caught wrong, (laughs) I might want to say something. (laughs) You're you're awesome. (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean, don't think that the funk from Chicago hood doesn't start creeping (laughs) in my prefrontal cortex. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, that's where when I get people like this in my face, I just be, I got to just look at them and I just got to do, I just got to take a deep 
inhale, exhale, and in mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. brief inhale, exhale, pause, I shoot an arrow prayer up to God, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Listen, you, you're going to have to come to because I'm fixing to <laughs> punch this person in the face. So, but I, I, I want to handle it, you know, the way that, that, that Jesus would handle it if he was standing there in front of them. Right, right, right. Well, you're you're doing great. <laughs> you really are. Hey, I'll let you know if I punch someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll give you one. <laughs> okay. If you're like me and you crave alone time with God, then I want to invite you to grab this free Bible study called Forget Not His Benefits. It was created by my friends at Sojo Academy, and it was written to help give you a mini getaway with God. And I call it mini because it's a one hour Bible study. I've really enjoyed it, and I know you will too. So go ahead and grab this free Bible study using the link in the show notes for today's episode. If you don't see it in your podcast catcher that you're using, you can always find it over at the site on www.keepingitcentered.com. Well, I'll I'll tell you one thing that um, last year, and it, it wasn't for me, the pandemic necessarily, that kind of caused me to be in the state that I was I had just it had been such a buildup um from so many years of not addressing my problems mm-hmm. um you know they just don't go weird go away like you think they would you know if you don't deal right. with it <laughs> right. learned it right. the hard way um and right. so for years I had had tried doing like a vision board and I made a vision board this year too, but oh, great. I had tried doing like a, a word of the year. A lot of people do that, but I would forget my words like two weeks later. And so last year I decided I'm going to do a focus verse or an anchor um, kind of verse. And mm-hmm. that really really, really helped me a lot. Um, Philippians 4 and 8 was my anchor verse last year. And, mm. and um, because my mind, I'm, I'm telling you, just just <laughs> such a battle of the mind. And, and I really yeah. needed that verse to help me get through. And so right. I saw your favorite verse is 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. And mm. I was like, man, I'm going to have to add that to my list for next year. That's... um. That's that's a good one. That's a really good oh, yeah. one. Um, yeah. yeah. And just for anybody listening, if you're not sure what verse that is, it's uh, we're pressed on every side, but not crushed, mm-hmm. perplexed, mm-hmm. but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I just find mm-hmm. that to be so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, I mean, especially with it, if you hold that up to the fabric of of mental affliction or mm-hmm. suicide temptation. That is mm-hmm. basically saying that you can get to the end of your rope, but still not have to die. Right, right. You, you, you know, you can be hard-pressed. You can be um, perplexed. You can be persecuted. You can be struck down, but it does not have to destroy you. And so yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's, that's an awesome, awesome reminder. Love it, love it. So that's one thing that helps me is that that focus first. Um, and I know you have like five tips for when you are struggling, um, you know, with uh-huh. your mental health. What, what are some things that you can share with everybody that we can do in those times? But, I mean, the, the number one thing is, is you, have to, you have to be able to help yourself with those temptations or those thoughts because – you might not have a source of counselor or support or encouragement or even another human being being that's breathing around you. I mean, case in point, when people that are in prison or myself, I was in solitary confinement in a, in a psych ward. So you've got to be able to um, get yourself, your mind out of that, that devilish mindset that you need to be, Deal, stolen, killed, or destroyed. Um, and so I am I'm just a huge advocate. And this is, I, I share this with, with non-Christian audiences as well, is carry around life verses 
on your person, either in your wallet, in your car, in your purse, in your diaper bag, in your briefcase, that speak life to the thoughts that are tempting you with death. Because mm-hmm. the Bible is at the living word of God, and it is a double-edged sword, which means you, can, you will be attacking the enemy's thoughts in your head offensively and defensively. And, and so I call it my EpiPen because I, you will never find me without my life verses on me. I have them on me all the time. The same way mm-hmm. I would have an EpiPen on me if I had a lethal allergic reaction to something. So that, to me, is, is critical. And so I, I have this list of life verses, and I share them on social media. I text them. And for some people, I've gone as far as to buy uh, a little portable, small, pocket-sized journal, and I will pen in there all the life verses and give it to them as a gift. I did that for someone who uh, slit his neck and wrist with a big, big kitchen knife. Um, mm. and lived to, lived to tell about it. But when I went to visit this person in the hospital, I had handmade a quote-unquote EpiPen, a small pocket-sized journal of life verses for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, the other one, I'm a bit, I mean, the other thing I, I'm huge on is Christian counseling. And to me, it's not, it, it is not a two-word word. It's a compound word. You can, I, I cannot with integrity send people to a counselor where they've gotten the schooling, but they do not have the Holy Spirit speaking inside of them on, on, on the Lord's behalf. Just because yeah. God made me. So I need God to be in the room. And if it's a secular counselor, there, there's no assurance that the only person speaking is that person. Well, that person didn't mm-hmm. lay down his life, her life for me. That person didn't resurrect for me. That person didn't create. That person was not in my mother's womb when I was being knit together. So mm-hmm. God, God's got to be in the room. And, and the Bible says that God is a wonderful counselor. So, I, you know, he counsels through Christian counselors and psychologists and therapists. Mm-hmm. So those mm-hmm. two would probably be my two most important um, tips of the tips or pieces of advice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, gosh, I have gotten to a point where, um, <laughs> things just weren't good. And my husband actually had told me I needed to go get counseling. And, um, mm-hmm. but he told me it had to be a Christian counselor, you know, for the same reasons that you said, um, you know, and, and no shade to all of our, our, you know, non-Christian counselors out there, um, but it's it's true. It's you know, it was very important to me, and, and I've been going for two years now, and it's been so mm-hmm. so helpful for me when when I do hit those slumps, that my counselor is there and she prays with me, like right on the spot. You know, um, right. Right. Like, like you said, right. that's not something I could probably get somewhere else. Um, right. So it right. definitely made a difference. A big difference yeah. for sure. I mean, counselors, psychologists, like the whole field, I love, I advocate. But if we're mm-hmm. talking about my battles with life or death, I need I need God to be speaking in that one hour session or or mm-hmm. impressing upon the person that I am leaning into. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a big one for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would love to know how how can we address the shame maybe that some of us carry um, because I know, especially from different cultural backgrounds, you know, when you're telling people go to Christian therapy, it's kind of like, mm, no, nah, that's all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not a thing yeah. for everybody. So how right. can we address that shame and, and get the help that we need? Yeah. It's funny you should say that because I've actually gone and spoken um, in Jamaica uh, two or three times, and and that you know that's that's a resounding feedback that I get is there you know in Jamaica they're like yeah we aren't talking about that at all, um, mm-hmm. it's very taboo, and yeah. and all, and I'm married to, I'm married to a Cuban and have learned through his Latin influence in my life that it's it's taboo in some Latin cultures as well and and I you know I 
I have, that doesn't make me mad. That makes me sad. I have, I have compassion on that because there are people in Jamaica, Cuba, Puerto Rico, wherever, that are killing themselves because they're too embarrassed to talk about it. And so I, mm-hmm. I, it's very heartbreaking to me. Um, yeah. But I think I would love, you know, the Bible says that the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. Pray for the workers. I would love there to be more workers who will um, not make it such a atrocity when they talk about it. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I personally never felt a stigma or shame. I have felt left out or weird or odd or strange or alone, but not, I don't feel a stigma. And it's just because I, it's, it's all I know since I was eight years old. This is all I know. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is not a option for me. I mean, what, what do y'all want me to do? This is my mm-hmm. plight. So I can either not have shame and keep fighting or I can have shame and kill myself. So what, what, mm-hmm. what does, what do y'all want? So I just, I refuse to, to entertain a stigma with it or shame. I'm doing the best mm-hmm. I can. And, and I know I just want God to, to be happy with me. And so, you know, she's got to keep going, man. Sometimes one day at yeah. a time and sometimes one hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you but say I, yeah. your relationship? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, that was just a, <laughs> that was just a that was one of those out loud pauses. <laughs> I, I can't I can't even pause quietly. Okay, I am loud with everything. It's all good. All good. <laughs> um, I was just saying, how would you say that your relationship with God? Uh, has changed or, you know, anything like that throughout your journey? Um, you can let them know a little bit about yeah. that. I mean, I, I accepted Jesus into my heart when I was four years old. And through my elementary, middle school, high school years, became a prodigal. Uh, I walked very far away with it from him, wanted nothing to do with him, was very rebellious, very bad, very naughty, very cynical. Um, it was in college. I went to a Christian college because the soccer team was hot. True story. <laughs> but, you know, whatever it takes, right? So it was at a, it's a Christian college where I, I kind of gave my I, – I did give myself back to the Lord. And ever since then, I feel like I wake up and, like, I just accepted him into my heart this day. Mm-hmm. I, I just had this – constant craving to be as close to him as I can be um, and and to be near him and to have him go ahead of me and to have him be behind me and to have him next to me. I just, I cannot get enough of God. And yeah, yeah I know that probably sounds so elementary. I, I wish I could say it more profoundly, but. Oh, no, it's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like the little kid that just went forward to accept Christ at you know vacation Bible school. Mhm, mhm. But I love that though because all too often, you know, it's so easy to get comfortable in our faith and to just lose that passion, lose that craving for wanting to know more about God. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think a lot of us need to get back to that place. So mm-hmm. I think it was profound. <laughs> oh, thank you. Coming from the mm-hmm. person that is it, that's an academic, I feel like you <laughs> just would have given me a, I feel like you just would have put a star on my chart. <laughs> a gold star, yes. Oh, yeah, I feel it, I feel it. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Well, I, I would also kind of like to know, because um, I know you said that, you also work with families who want to help, you know, their loved ones as well. Um, what advice do you have for, for that person that may be listening and, and they know someone is struggling with this? How can they be of help to that person? So, you know, the one thing I did, a, um, I was invited, which was such an honor, like huge honor, but there was a, there's a, 
an African-American community down here that tracks in mental health for the African-American community, but they actually asked me to be one of the speakers on a, a Zoom conference. And that meant so much just because, you know, my, my black friends have told me that it's not something that's talked about in some of their mm-hmm. circles and that they would let someone like me be a part of it meant a lot. Um, and, and so, you know, the one thing that I shared when I did that on Zoom conference because of COVID was I said, even if everything in you wants to say, come on, it's not that bad, it's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. oh, please, others have this, don't. Like, if you have to go and bite, put your fist in your mouth to refrain from having that kind of response, because sometimes that response is generational. That's been told to everybody generation after generation after generation. But put your fist in your mouth, count to ten, and then respond with something that is more compassionate. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest, you know, one of the biggest things for people like me is not only do I want to die and give up, but I tried to tell somebody and they didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. that's, that's really putting the last nail in the coffin. And, mm-hmm. and so I just really try to encourage people, if you're having that conversation with, with a four-year-old or a 99-year-old, just believe them. Mm-hmm. Just believe them. Um, and if you don't know what to say, believe them and also say that. Say, look, I, I, I believe you. I, I believe what you're going through, and I'm sorry. I hate that for you. I really don't know how to help you, um, but I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, that might be the first time in that person's life that someone's ever said that to them, and it, God could use it to save their life. Mm-hmm. So that would be the, that's the one thing I would say. Believe, yeah. believe people. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because especially the part about it being such a generational thing, um, say, oh, it's not that bad. Um, I know I've definitely heard things like that too, and it's it kind of makes <laughs> it's very interesting. You know, I know I've talked to different people, you know, and they said that they've kind of felt like they've got to be this person because mm-hmm. everybody keeps telling them their situation is not so bad, um, mm-hmm. but they they don't know how to be this person. They're struggling. They can't be this person that everyone wants them to be. They're not that strong, and um, mm-hmm. it's just. I hope that we can work to, to overcorrect that. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's so necessary, so, so necessary. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want it to just to sound like I'm just sharing, you know, pithy comments. I, when I say that, I, I get that from the Bible. I, mm-hmm. I you know, um, I never want people to remember what I say. I always want to make sure that I have left them with what the Bible says because that's going to outlive any of us. And, and yeah. there, was a, there was a person in the Bible who wanted to die. He sat under a tree and said, I don't want to live. Just take my life, God. And that was Elijah. And mm-hmm. I, love, I love the response that he got. He was visited by an angel of the Lord who gave him shade and food and sleep and then encouraged him. There is nothing in that story that true biography that showed anything but compassion. Yeah. And Elijah went on to do great mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought that up. I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I could, okay. So we talked about how we can help family members um, or, or loved ones, um, I guess the last thing I would say is, do you think there's anything specific that we can do in our churches um, to help other believers who are struggling as well? Like how, how can we as a church body um, be more instrumental in this area? Well, first of all, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I need to send you a monetary gift for asking that question because that is like <laughs> that is the million dollar question I always hope I get asked. 
trying to do with Wonderful um, Incorporated is partner with churches with a program where I will come and share my story. And my story is raw. I mean, I, you know, it's my story. I got to stick to it. So I really can't, Mm -hmm. you know, dilute it. It is what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But I can come and share my story or I can Zoom and share my story or I can, um, However, but if I can share my story, then I can also partner with the churches with getting them the essentials that I've needed my whole life to, to still be here. And, mm-hmm. and that's through my life boxes. I, like I said today, I, I just sent out, oh, man, seven or eight, eight life boxes today to people that are, one is to a family of a pastor. He committed suicide last week, and so I curated life box for the the family that has been left, you know, behind. But um, I went and spoke to a church in South Dakota a few months ago and shared my story and then made myself available in the lobby afterwards. And they had the life boxes there. And we gave out so many life boxes. We ran out and they had to oh, wow. hurry up and create an iPad um, sign-up list to which 200 more were added oh, to the sign-up wow. list. I mean, it was unprecedented, and it was legit needs. It was not people just wanting a free box of stuff because this is a life box. This is going to have every single life box I ship out has the essentials I've needed to to keep going. That is a Bible, a journal, a pen. But then I throw in, you know, a Choose Life wristband, a roll of lifesavers, a daily bread devotional, a stress ball, um, uh, tissues for when you're sad, a life coin if you've attempted suicide, prayer cards, and church invitation cards for the church that I'm partnering with, a post-it pad so you can just doodle, I mean a bookmark that says choose life. All the boxes have those. And So what you do is you don't just bring a speaker in and then have them leave and be like, all right, good luck. Um, I really have prayed hard about, God, I don't want one more person to die by suicide. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And the churches are being led by people who weren't equipped during seminary or when they were getting their MDiv or when they were getting their massive theology on what to do with this. But I, I'm over here in Little Coral Springs, Florida. I know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's, that's kind of self-like. That's like, sounds like I'm self-promoting. So aside from that. No. I, <laughs> um, churches need to have the resources on hand to the entire staff on what to do with somebody that's struggling with that. I mean, from from preschool all the way up to the senior group and every group in between, because it doesn't know any bias. I know a four-year-old yeah. that, that wanted to die, and I know an 80-year-old that wanted to die. So the church needs to be ready to resource these people with what to do. That was like the world's longest answer. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, you're totally fine because I was I was actually just about to ask you about any resources that you've created um, to share with us. So I'm glad that you, you did. Um, and if you do have other things like, you know, an email list or anything like that, um, mm-hmm. or even just some resources that you've come across, like books or other podcasts or just anything like that that you would like to share that could help someone, definitely you could go ahead mm-hmm. and do that. Yeah, I mean, it's all on my website, so what, or, it's, or my social media. I mean, it's wonderful, W-O-N-D-H-E-R-F-U-L. But that for a website or any of the social mediums, YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Um, I can give the life verses. I can give, I can help people find a a Christian counselor in their area. I have that network. Uh, I can give churches um, tutorials 
download tutorials on what to do in a crisis. Um, I can, of course, would send a light box to any of your listeners. Okay. Awesome. 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 So I really have appreciated this chat. Um, and before we close out, there is one last question that I ask all of my guests. So you're oh, no good. exception. All right. <laughs> So I would love to know, um, you, you've, you're a mom, a wife, you know, you're very, very active in helping others. Um, you're everywhere. <laughs> and how, I would love to know how in the world are you able to keep God at the center of your life with everything that's going on? Mm, that's an awesome question to end on. Um <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll just respond with an axiom that I have been telling myself for a long time. Um, if I wake up breathing, that's God's proof to keep going. Yeah. And so I, if I wake up breathing, I know that he's at the center of my life still because if he's not at the center of my life on earth, that means he's taken me home and I'm in his yeah. presence in heaven. So, Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. That's gotcha, how, gotcha. That's how I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Love it, love it. All right. Well, Heather, again, this has been wonderful, wonderful. Um, oh, I see what you did there. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> you know, I didn't even realize it. It just came out. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go. <laughs> oh, man. We're <laughs> This really has been a blast. You've made me laugh a lot. <laughs> oh, well, that's the bipolar in me. You're welcome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you never, I'm like a, mag, bag, a bag of mixed nuts. You just never know what you're going to get. But you were awesome. So I really, it really means a lot to have sat down and chatted with you. Well, thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks. And I will definitely, you know, if anybody's driving or in a spot where you can't write things down, I definitely will have um, all of Heather's information, all her social media stuff, her website stuff. I'll have all of that linked into the show notes, um, which you can find over at uh, keepingitcenter.com, um, or you can find it on your podcast app, whatever you're watching or, or rather listening to this on, um, and we'll have you there so you can connect with Heather. Um, so it's been great this week, everyone, and we'll catch you again next time. If you've been driving along, you can find today's show notes over at www.keepingitcentered.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for the Centered Notes, our bi-weekly devotional newsletter, and follow us over at Instagram at Keeping It Centered.